0: Hello friends, I'm your host, Chris Thrall, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured, for better and sometimes worse, across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Hello friends, Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Chris Thrall. I'm a former Royal Marines commando, turned adventurer, turned author. I left the Marines to go and run a successful business in Hong Kong. And within six months, I was chronically addicted to crystal meth. I was heavily in psychosis and I was working for the Hong Kong Triads as a nightclub doorman. Uh, I've written a couple of books about it. Eating Smoke is my descent into crystal meth psychosis. Forty nights is how I got myself out of it and went on to achieve all my goals in the world. Right? We're not not here to talk about that today. Today I wanted to talk about how my friend died when we took LSD. So I'm going to call him. Uh, I'm going to call him Lee, just respect respect for his family and and, and his anonymity. And then I'm going to talk just just talk a a bit about my other experiences with LSD and and the reason for this is like I listen to a lot of the Joe Rogan podcasts and kind of hear hallucinogenics talked about always in a positive light but people need to know that there really can be an adverse side and when you take drugs yeah they can be great brilliant fun I personally, even though I experienced addiction and and lost nearly, well, I did lose everything at one point, including my mental health, you know, I got a massive amount from them. I'm never going to badmouth them. As far as I'm concerned, people can put in their bodies what they want, and that's just the way it should be. But you need to be aware there is a serious side to it, and it can go terribly, terribly wrong. And I've been in the unfortunate circumstances that that I've been in almost the worst scenario you can be in, which is have somebody that's close to you die. So I met Lee, we were volunteer workers, we drove a bus, uh, an old Leyland bus to India and back from Norway. On board were 12 volunteers from all around the world and we were writing articles about people who lived in poverty, publishing them on a, on, on a very early website back then. And we were kind of bad boys, if you know what I mean. This organisation we are in, they had a very strict rule about no drinking and no drugs. And we weren't really too bothered about that. We loved each other's company, me and Lee. We're similar lads. And we were kind of out to have a good time. And our friendship continued for many years after that, probably until until he died about 15 15 years. And so uh, we decided to drive down to Portugal and we were going to a festival there, a big um, dance music festival. And for reasons I'll I'll come on to, I wasn't massively into acid. I personally think it had really messed me up in the past. But the two guys that I was with were, you know, they were they were quite into it. You could say Lee and and, and this other lad. I, I won't even like bring him too much into the story. And so Lee said to me, Chris, do you want to go to a music festival in Portugal? I said, yeah, yeah, why not? To be honest, I just wanted to get on the road with my old mate, another road trip and have a bit of fun. I didn't think anything more of it than that. We drove down there. Um, The festival was open the next day and everybody that was queuing to get in were camping on this beach. So on our first night together, a guy walked past our tent, early evening this is, and he's like, cocaine, ecstasy, hash, you know, all, all, all the usual festival type scenario. So we bought some coke, we had a few beers with us and we bought some MDMA And that was it. We bought a typical kind of, you know, house music, party gear. And then we decided to go and check out, there was some music happening. It was, we were on the shore of this big lake and it was quite an idyllic setting. And a couple of lads had set up this tent with a DJ, you know, DJ decks. And they were blaring out this, this, um, trance music. And it's like hardcore trance. It wasn't really my thing, but, Apparently, if you take the LSD, then you suddenly understand what it's all about. One of those scenarios. So we went down to this tent and we were dancing away. We'd done a line of coke. We hadn't done any of the MDMA. We'd had, a, we'd, we'd had one or two beers. And the next thing I know, this kind of random guy came up. He was uh, European, doesn't matter where he was from. And he's like, he wants some... Um, uh, You know, the ketamine, right? The horse tranquilizer. So I'd never actually done any before. Despite dabbling in quite a few things, I'd never done any. We just snorted a little line off our hand, like that. And yeah, wow. It wasn't enough to put you down the K-hole. You might have heard about the K-hole. Again, that's another thing. That's just a full-on insanity trip. Now, this was just enough to get you slightly high to make everything feel a bit surreal and dancing on it was just incredible you were really like animated and could feel every every sort of movement and then about half an hour later lee came up to me and he said do you want some acid liquid acid this is what everybody does at, we're doing at these kind of festivals right this this um Psychedelic Trance Festival, right? And I'm like, have you done some? Yeah. All right, but just a little. I know what that s- stuff can do if you overdose like it. It's freaking nasty, man. Right? So this dude came over and I said, mate, a little, just a little. He went, okay. He took out this dropper, this eyedropper, took a massive amount of this stuff. I'd put my hand out. And he put, he basically soaked my hand. That's when I told him a, a little, right? I have no idea how many doses that would equate to if it was on paper. But I was quite glad a lot of it dripped off. And I just took a dab like that. And then the third guy we were with, he just licked all the rest off my hand. He was kind of immune to this, this stuff, right? The next thing I knew, I was waking up laid on a load of rocks on the lakeshore and unbeknown to me i would the second that stuff had gone in my bloodstream i crashed unconscious which if you were to ask me about that i'd say that's the last thing that that happens on lsd is you go unconscious you might have a mad trip i never would know you go up but no bang i was out of it when i came to i could see lee just scrabbling around like, just in front of me, and I'm like, Lee, are you all right, man? He's like, no, no, I'm not. And I was really surprised that he was in as bad a state as I was, um, and I said, right, dude, 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 let's just get back to the tent, and I managed to get myself up, and c- kind of, I was losing time throughout the night, because we didn't get back to the tent. The next thing I knew, we were stood back up, we were back at this dance um, tent, right? And I was sort of okay. All that crash out, that confusion, that loss of control over my body, and it, fear came into it. I, I guess you're afraid when when you when you've lost control. It it is a frightening place to be. But it wasn't a massive thing in my mind. I just wanted to get back to the tent and I knew we could make it all right. But as I said, we, we found ourselves back at this disco tent, this dance tent. And I just started dancing again and really began to enjoy the evening. And I'm looking at Lee and for no reason whatsoever, he suddenly ran through the crowd and bang, punched this guy, this or, or at least tried to punch this a local Portuguese guy, right? And this guy was just shocked. And I could see on his face, I mean, this is the most mellow, tranquil setting. It's basically 2,000 hippies mellowing off their heads, looking forward to listening to good music and dancing in the 30 or so that were with us were dancing. The rest are all kind of sleeping in their tents or smoking joints, right? And what lee did was so out of character for him he wasn't that kind of guy and this portuguese guy's just like looking and i ran over and went lee the fuck are you doing man and i'm like disculpe, disculpe, to you know i'm saying sorry to the to this guy can't remember if i was talking portuguese or spanish because i sp- spoke a bit of both have, having worked in mozambique right and traveled in 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 the americas so and the guy's like Ah, it's it's okay it's okay and I'm like grabbing Lee saying what are you doing and I'm looking at him and he's completely gone his eyes were just they were looking at me but they weren't there and his pupils weren't like massively dilated they'd gone small and he's like looking through me and drool is starting to come down, down his mouth I'm like, Lee, what are you doing? And then suddenly, bang, he tries to headbutt me. And all I could do was just fend him up and go, Oi, Lee, pack it in, man, pack it in. Calm down. Now, here's the thing. I was off my face, right? I got no immune. You develop immunity like a tolerance to acid, right? I hadn't taken any for years and years. This bit that he put on my hand had obviously sunk ro- soaked right through to the bloodstream. Plus, I'd had a little bit, you know, I dabbed a little bit and I was just off my fucking face. And it would have been all right had it not been for the way my best friend is behaving. And I managed to calm him down and went back to dancing and then. As the night wore on, he did this episode again where he went and tried to hit people, and they were all like, "They're all hippies," and they're like, "Dude, dude, dude, stop!" Amigo, amigo, no, no, and and I would go and grab him and have another sort 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 of word, and I but I didn't really kind of understand what was going on because I'm tripping off my fucking head on acid, right? So in the morning. It was a surreal situation. I the sun was coming up. All these guys and girls were—they all just stripped off and went skinny dipping in the lake. Some of the prettiest girls you've ever seen, right? And they're all coming up and hugging me and going like this, and 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 having you know fractured conversations in French and Portuguese and Spanish, and and the music is still. Uh, you know, playing these mellow beats, and it was just idyllic, and of course, we're all going to go to this festival today, on the other side of that coin, you've got Lee, he's not right, it's just, he's not right, I mean, I'd seen him in a few states, and we'd always got through it, if, if you've been out partying, you, you, you'll you know what I'm talking about, right, but he wasn't, he wasn't right, in hindsight now, looking back, he was mentally ill, he he literally was in some form of psychosis, you know, schizophrenia, and he was having an episode. And I just kept telling myself, we can get through tonight, you know, if we can get, just, as, as the day progresses, this feeling's going to wear off and, and he's going to come down. And, 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 but it didn't. It got, it just got worse. And the next thing I knew, I couldn't control him. He just would not, wouldn't listen to me anyway, but if I grabbed him, he'd just try and headbutt me, and then he'd run off, like, giggling like a lunatic, and here's the thing, when we were driving down there, we stopped in, I think it's saint in France, we went for a swim, it's a beautiful place, saint it's kind of where the, it's like the, where the elite rich live on the, in, on the south of France, but it's on the north of France, if that makes sense, and, uh, I hope I hope I got the name of that place right. And we're in. We stopped off in the car, and I said, "Lee, do you want to go for a swim?" And he's like, "Yeah, man." He said, "I'm I'm just teaching myself to swim now." Chris he said, "I, you know, I never could swim my whole life, and recently, I've been going to swimming baths, and so long as I stay in the shallow end, I can do a few strokes." And I watched him do the doggy paddle, you know, three or four meters, and then stand up, and he was all good, and You know, and of course, we've just dropped acid and and there's a freaking great lake behind us, right? And the drop off on lakes, it's like rocks and it just goes down. Well, this, certainly this lake did. And I, I can't control him now and I'm not sure what to do. It's one of the few times in my life I didn't know how to take charge of the situation. I know what I wish I had done in hindsight, which was just jump on the fucking twat and hold him down and get people to help me and then call an ambulance, right? But I was so off my face. I These, these thoughts were too fragmented, right? So I saw him running off and I saw him hiding out in the bushes on the edge of this lake and he's crouched there, and his mouth was open, and he's going, and he had just this look of a fucking lunatic on his head, you know, on his face. And I'm saying to people, "Excuse me, can can you help me? Can you help me?" But because of the language barrier and the, and the, and the this idyllic scenario, everyone was laughing, going, "Ha ha, yeah, I help, I help," you know. And it's they they just I couldn't explain to them. Look, this is my my friend. And I need you to help me, right? So I went over to the the woods to go and try and grab Dean again and get him back to the tent. And he stood up and he just ran, ran away from me. He'd taken all his clothes off. Uh, he's, he'd, um, taken his shoes and socks off. He'd like messed, you know, messed him. It, it, I, I'm, I'm, I swear I'm only saying this, guys, is you, you, you've you, got to have a balanced perspective if you're going to do this shit, you know, and you deserve to know how wrong it it, it can go. And I'll be a liar if I, I told you otherwise it, it, it wasn't pleasant, you know. So I went back to the car and I grabbed the guy who was in a wheelchair, paralyzed from the chest down, and I was trying to get him to understand the seriousness of the situation. And... Help me come up with a plan, whether that be call the police or whatever, or go and grab Lee. And he wouldn't take it serious, like people who've never been around death. I was in the forces, obviously, so that you kind of you become no real stranger to that in the military, and and um, you know you know that things can go really wrong because you've seen it with your own eyes. This was a civilian who. I think had never had other than obviously paralyzed himself in an accident, hadn't seen that side of, of life. And he just thought I was, yeah, you know, pissing around, or Lee was pissing around. He's like, nah, fuck him. Let's get the gear packed up and we'll go to the festival without him. He he can catch us up. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand. It's not like that. He's really ill. And as we were talking, this girl came walking towards us and She's a, a French girl, you know, late late teens, let's say, and I knew it was going to be bad news. I just knew, right? And in fact, before I saw her on this idyllic le- uh, lake side, suddenly all these fucking ambulances and police cars came hammering down a track onto this beautiful shore where everyone was chilling and mellowing and the sun was coming up there was like four ambulances three police cars and i just turned to this guy i was with and said he's dead nah fuck off i said he's either dead or he's really hurt someone so we sat there and this girl comes walking towards the car and i turned to my mate again i said Lee's dead dude she came she put her head in a window she said uh have you got a friend yeah is he dead has he got a tattoo yeah I I you know I I I knew what I knew right and I said just tell me is is he dead she's like uh you better go to uh go to the lakeside so my mate tries to start the car, but he's been listening to the radio or the CD all night and it's run the battery down and it won't start. So I said, right, just wait here, I'm going to go. And I walked down and uh, I walked down to that lakeside and it it was the longest walk I've ever done. And I got to the first ambulance and there was a guy stood by it. I said, is my friend Ed? And he said, yeah. And I looked across and Lee was laid out on the shoreline and someone had put a black, uh, a blue piece of plastic over him. And I just said to the ambulance guy, can I go and see him? And he, he nodded. And yeah, I walked over and as I, I got close, I could see the tattoo on Lee's leg sticking out from under the, the plastic. And I just lifted it up, looked at him. You fucking idiot, man. Yeah, that's it. That's my best mate. Gone. So I gave him a kiss, put the plastic down and uh, sat and rolled a cigarette. And then, of course, while I'm doing that, a load of Portuguese, uh, like a, a group of Portuguese guys and girls wandered over and they said, "Is your friend. They all give me hugs. They said, you know, we pulled him out of the water. He went, we thought he was going in for a swim. Then we saw him struggling. And by the time we got in and we got him out, you know, he was dead. The one of the Portuguese chaps had tried to give him, you know, tried to resuscitate and give him mouth to mouth. And he just said a load of puke was coming out of Lee. And he was, you know, having to swallow, try not to swallow this puke and, and try and get some life into my mate. but. And uh, then I got the press coming over to me, wanting an interview, so <laughs> just like, fuck off, I'm sorry. And uh, then, the, of course, the police came over they, and they, they wanted an interview. So I made a couple of uh, phone calls. I called one of my best friends and just said, it's kind of that phone call you just hope you're never going to have to. We went to the police station. As I said, this guy was was immune to, to acid, the, the the other guy we were with, you know, and he was fine to drive, and he drove us into the nearest town, It's about 20 miles away to go and find the police station where, where we had to go and give statements of us and uh, we couldn't find the police station, and there was a one-way system in the town, and the sun was so hot. I mean, the car had aircon, but I've been on the beach until like 11 o'clock dealing with everything. I had no sun cream. It's 40, 35, possibly 40 degrees heat burning down on me. I was dehydrated, off my tits. We're lost in this car, in this town, on a one way. And if you've ever taken acid, I'm not suggesting you do, I'm not saying you don't live your life, right? But it's Things can get confusing enough. We were on this never-ending groundhog day, right? So, finally, a policeman stopped and walked over, said, "Are you guys okay?" And we're like, "No, we're not. We're trying to find a police station." And then we got to find the morgue. He's like, "Follow me." He jumped in his car, bless him, and he drove us to the police station. So I'm sat in the police station. And I'm staring down and there's like a paisley type carpet and it's going like this. All the patterns are just morphing into different colors and different shapes. I look up at the wall and there's one of those um domestic violence posters you know like don't beat, beat your partner and the pictures of this beautiful woman and half her face is all like smashed up. Well again if you've ever tripped, you 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 can imagine what that was like looking at. It's just doing all sorts of stuff. And the poster next to it was Don't Drink and Drive. And it showed a picture of, again, a beautiful looking person this side and this side of their face has gone through the car windscreen. And my head is trying to make sense of it and it's just it it was just it was distorting out of all proportion, we can say. So uh, police interviewed me, still off my head, and I just stuck with the party line. No, you know, no drinks, no drugs, couple of beers. You, you're the police. I want you to tell me what my friend was up to. I, I, I don't want to, you know, put words in your mouth sort of thing, and that was it. Went to the morgue then to go and see Lee. By the time we got to the morgue, this had taken so long; it was so drawn out he'd been in an autopsy. When they autopsy, you, it ain't pleasant. It's not what I thought it was. Basically, you end up you are covered in stitches—the biggest stitches you ever seen—with twine, like 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 the sort of twine you tie shit up with in the garden. You know, and he had big stitches all around his head where they'd obviously. Um, cut the top of his head off. His chest had the same here where they'd obviously opened him up and, and taken samples and stuff. And on top of that, he was covered in bruises and, and blemishes where, where um, you know, where he'd just been bashing himself and getting beaten up the night before, you know, attacking people the night before. So, the... Uh, Guy came out from like the concert, a Portuguese guy came just to sort of chaperone a sort of thing and they got us into this really nice hotel. It was like arriving at an oasis, air condition. Obviously we went straight to the bar and just commenced non-stop drinking then for what was well went on for quite a few weeks if I was on. Um I'd had to leave the beach, I'd had to walk away from Lee on the beach as I walked away the dude we were with he'd got the car started someone had given him a jump start and he drove down and he's looking at me over the steering wheel and he's taking it serious now because he's seeing all these ambulances and he's like and I just like went like this and he's like and I walked up to the car and he's like what is he dead I said dude did I not tell you like about four fucking times, he was dead, and you wouldn't listen. And before that, I told you he was going to kill himself, and he wouldn't listen. Anyway, wasn't a time to go getting heated, you know. But it did cross my mind. Maybe this is a big turning point in my life. Maybe I've got to make some resolutions. And uh, then I was like, fuck off, Chris. Just go and live your life, mate. That's that's all Lee would have wanted, you know. There wasn't. I still had a few parties left in me, is what I'm trying to say. and um fortunate to be able to say life couldn't be more brilliant, you know, couldn't have turned out more brilliant for me, despite the challenges that we all, we all. So we're in this hotel, and we're back at the room, having a beer in the room, and the phone went. And the consulate have been calling back and forth to us all day, trying to establish a phone number for Lee's parents, but I had never met them, I didn't have a number for them, nor did the other guy, finally the consulate must have got hold of them, and they called our room, and my mate picked up the phone, I mean the words, Lee's dead, he's drowned, the scream that came from his mother down that phone, you don't forget a scream like that right, absolute. Destroyed, like the cry of a wounded, desperate animal, it was horrible, so um, yeah, that's it, I won't talk any more about that episode, it is what it is, you've got to be, you know, to young people watching this, don't, you watch the Joe Joe Rogan show, right, and it's all hallucinogens, yeah man, mushrooms, and I'm I'm not, this is not a dig at a Joe Rogan or anybody like that, heaven heaven forbid, but it's like, I wish they would have people on to talk about the other side, uh, just so, because if you haven't got the information, you can't make a balanced perspective, if you can't make a balanced perspective, you can't be like I was on that day, where I went, just a little, okay, I got more than I bargained for, but I still said, just a little, that was my plan, and that's maybe what saved my life, right? Um. So I'll just tell you about another uh, incident, because the first time I ever took acid, LSD, it was uh, in Canada. I had been traveling around around the um, com- country, Canada and the States, on my, on my holiday, right? And I'd never really, I smoked a bit of weed when I was a teenager, and it, I never really smoked enough of it to get high. You know, you have to smoke it a few times before you kind of realize what it is to be high, right? So I'd never really done a lot of that. And this is my first time out traveling in the world. And these two guys said, so, you want to take some acid? And with my personality being that, yeah, I'll try anything once kind of thing, I said, yeah. And Now, here's the truth. That night was a memorable night. There's something always a bit haunting about taking hallucinogens, you know. You never feel that far away from death. It really brings your mortality home when you start playing with your mind you know but in fairness you know we had a, a, an amazing time we were listening to music they were introducing me to music i'd never heard we were we were drink we were drinking about 30 beers because it when you're on acid you can drink loads and it was great and we were like coming up with jokes at one point i tried to call my girlfriend back in the uk and i'm having this phone with the operator and it was just hilarious i'm saying She's like, operator, who do you want to speak to? No, operator, which country? I'm like, Canada? No, which country do you want to call? Oh, my country. Uh, which country is that? Uh, That's the country I live in. Yeah, well, which one? Oh, UK. Okay, and who do you want to call? Uh, Sarah. I'm sorry, who's my, my girlfriend? What's her name? Well, she's. I, I, I'm going on, but you know, it's this crazy conversation. It was seemed hilarious. At least seemed hilarious at the time, right? And, and that was it. It was a, almost a completely positive experience. But then fast forward, and I never took huge amounts of this acid. I, I, I was, you know, I, it's it's one drug where you are out of control, and then you have to wait. Until you get back in control, it controls you. And I know if you get a tolerance, you get a bit of control. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about people that maybe experiencing it for the first or second or third time. Right? Don't do it habitually. And so, so there was one time I was queuing to get in the local dance club, and I've been around seeing my dealer, and I bought this uh, tab of, I bought this microdot which was this little tiny pill we used to get in the 90s of, of very strong acid. And I would got um, what was called a Calais, which was a, a very strong ecstasy pill. I'm in the queue to the club and I nibbled on the ecstasy and I nibbled on this this acid, right? By the time I got to pay to go in, I had entered the most massive anxiety trip I could ever describe to you. I was having a full on panic attack while trying to pretend I was normal and pay my money just to get through the door of this club and pray everything would be all right. And I need to say, I'd never suffered with my mental health until that point ever. I didn't know like why people took Valium and stuff. I didn't know what anxiety, I'd never had it. I certainly didn't know what depression was and, and never had that. This was the first time I experienced it and i brought it on myself. I had to leave the club because I was so sketched out. It, it was, I just had to get out. I just left all my mates and I went and I, and I went to try and find a friend of mine. She lived about a mile away and I had to walk through this park and there was all these people swinging on the swings in this kiddies park, you know, and smoking. I could just see the the cigarettes and it was just so surreal. It felt just frightening really. And then as I neared my friend's place, there was a streetlight and underneath it there was somebody laying in the road. And I thought, ah, someone lying in the road. But as I got closer, it was just a shadow of the streetlight, right? I got a bit closer again, and I realized, no, 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 it's not. It's a guy. It's some sort of like homeless dude lying on the pavement. So I walked up, and I'm I'm off my head, right? Tripping off my head, and I bent down. I said, are you all right, mate? No answer. So I grabbed him on the shoulder, and as I did, this homeless guy, completely shitty clothes, piss-stained alcohol, stinking of alcohol, just absolutely at death's door, right, turns around, and he grabbed me, he just turned around and went, "Ah!" and he grabbed me, and he looked into my eyes like that, and I swear to God, as I was staring into his eyes, I was looking at myself, it was kind of a warning that I've carried all my life, is, you know, enough is enough, when is enough. Um, yeah, I'll never forget it. But the point of the story isn't that. The point of the story is that anxiety stayed with me for years and years and years. It meant I could never really ever smoke a joint again and enjoy it because that just tripped it off. It meant that in adult life, I had to learn to work to cancel out that anxiety just in situations nothing to do with drugs, right? so. Be aware, if you fuck with these things long enough, you're going to get, you will come across some of the problems I'm talking about. Um, So, yeah, I guess if you realise you're getting a problem with any of this, reach out, get help. Don't be the one that just carries on the party after everyone else is, and don't overdo it. It's not like sugar in, in your coffee. The more sugars you have, the better it tastes right. When it comes to drugs, you can just end up going way over and and it all becomes pretty nasty. Okay, thank you for listening, folks. Um, Please like and subscribe and then that just means that I can tell you some more of these these stories that hopefully help you in some way. My book again, Eating Smoke, One Man's Descent into Crystal Meth Psychosis in Hong Kong's Triad Heartland. My book about my recovery, how I went on to achieve everything I ever wanted in my life. I ran a thousand miles nonstop last year with no training. Um, Just, well, I, I did it to raise awareness of our veterans' suicide problem at the moment. But, you know, if you want to know how I can do such things, I've traveled 80 different countries around the planet. I'm a pilot, skydiver, Antarctic explorer, advanced scuba diver, best selling author graduate in youth work um, and yeah 40 nights is the story of how I, I put my mind together to go and achieve all that, take care team goodbye friends friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-shirt podcast please like, subscribe and share and don't forget to follow me on social media username Chris Thrall Instagram Chris Thrall Thank you.